It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that, that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. We are, in, I believe, in the third founding of our country. And that means that we need to step forward to save this great republic. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all uh, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday to you, Producer Steve. Terrific Tuesday is what we call it. It is a terrific Tuesday. Lots to do. Uh, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our most uh, recent um, guests, or our upcoming guests, our most recent uh, op-eds, our most recent podcast, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. We mentioned it yesterday. Producer Steve Zach has come up with uh, our essays. He's actually been able to convert them to audio as well, and uh, what a great feature. So if you're working out or working outside uh, in the yard or or whatever, you can listen to those great uh, uh, essays that we have. I look at your website, and I still can't get over Biden in the pink dress. So, uh, <laughs> or the pink maybe, sweater, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe that'll entice people to come over and take a look. That is the uh, image that uh, Zach put together for Rick Turnquest. Can I share essay. something with you that happened about 30 minutes ago? Sure. In your uh, an hour uh, d- desire to get more people on board with what's happening, I had a, a listener call the station about uh, 5.35 or so. She was listening to the previous program, and she was just so just delighted, I guess, for lack of a better term now. I wish I would have gotten her name. But uh, thanking KLZ for its programming and our efforts to try to get the nation back in the, you know, moving in the right direction and not get too discouraged over the current situation in in light of anything that you want to look at that's going on right now. And... uh, very encouraging. I, I was so glad I took the call because, as you know, you don't. The lines light up sometimes, and you know if you're not doing a call in at the time, you're not required, it, yeah. you know, to answer that line. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did. Well, and I appreciate that as well because there is. Uh, well, we are in a recession. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and um, I guess the the positive thing is is every day we're closer to getting out of the recession. But we are going to be needing to elect, uh, we need to be electing people to office that care about the American idea, that will protect um, the everyday individual, which that that goes to our quote for today. Let me just go to that. It's by Ayn Rand. And uh, she was born Alice O'Connor. I didn't know that. Uh, But she's better known by her pen name, Ayn Rand. She was a Russian-born American writer and philosopher. She's known for her fiction and for developing a philosophical system that she named objectivism. She's born and educated in Russia. She moved to the United States in 1926. Uh, She was born in 1905. She died in 1982. And she said this. She said, the smallest minority on earth is the individual. Those who deny individual rights cannot claim to be defenders of minorities. 
my gosh, in this day and age of everybody's a victim, uh, that is, I think, very powerful, Steve. Uh, yeah, I had no, no qualms, no arguments with that particular quote at all. And uh, so that's why we look at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And we search for truth and clarity. And my friends, it's so many times when uh, the people that are in power want to take more power, they do it under the guise of being compassionate. But it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, or their opportunity via force, whether with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum Davos Globalist Elites Agenda. And that is where we are right now. They have been they have been pushing this, and it's been under the guise of environmentalism, the environment. And the environment has become the god for them. But it's not really the god, because we know that they don't really believe it, because if they did, they would not be flying their airplanes over to the Davos uh, meeting. Uh, it, instead, it is this agenda, once again, of the haves and the have-nots. And the haves that, that they're thinking about is they take from the have-nots via these things that we mentioned, uh, uh, inflation right now. And we'll talk with uh, Karen Levine and Lauren Levy are going to be in studio the second hour. But Patty had just pulled this piece from the Colorado Sun that said, what's working, the same Denver house, same price, but $190 more a month. And it says... Uh, um, that what has happened there is that um, we see interest rates going up, we see taxes going up, and uh, you know, one hundred ninety dollars a month that that makes a big difference to people. Producer Steve, it does, and uh, you know, something you just said regarding. I mean, you didn't use the word hypocrisy, but I'm thinking of a story that came through. Uh, it's been out for about a week or so, and now I, that I finally saw it in. Uh, you know, as a link, I sent it to you and Patty yesterday regarding uh, one of the kings of hypocrisy, that is Barack Obama. Not only does he buy a house that's just literally feet above sea level, a big house, and, you know, with global warming, we had this, you know, the oceans are going to rise, you know, mm -hmm. why, right. why would you do that? Right. Now he's about to bury three massive propane tanks in the ground. He, he got the permits and everything he needs to do it at said house. So fossil fuels. So what's up with this? Right. The king of hypocrisy. Mm. And uh, yet they want to push people, other people into the everyday people, the minions, us, into apartment buildings. So they and we'll talk with Karen and learn about this. It's been public policy and it's it's been the vision. And what's been so frustrating as I now look back at this, as we see Republican operatives that are carrying the water for this Davos elite's um, view of the world. And that view is that everyday people live in subsidized apartments along light rail lines and ride the train, the buses. Um, and it's not going to be electric cars. Electric cars uh, are just, again, um, a, the a, attack on uh, fossil fuels, if you will. And we like, we like our mobility. One of the reasons, that, and that's, again, another thing that they've used as a, as a talking point to push people into 
buses and and trains and bicycles is congestion. What they don't realize is that there's congestion on the roads because people are voting because they like their their own personal vehicle. And they are willing to actually have the pain of congestion so that they can drive their own vehicle. And instead, that narrative is then used by... um, PBIs to push forward their agenda, uh, which is expensive. People don't want it. And we're now at a day of reckoning on this. People are, are, I think, are waking up to this. But it's been so frustrating to see Republicans carry the water on this. We're seeing, uh, and we'll talk with Bob Boswell about this as well, but this, again, was from the Colorado Sun. It's our new cash crop. A land rush for renewable energy is transforming the eastern plains. And there's Republican operatives that are out there pushing that agenda because there's subsidized money in it and uh, what it is doing to the uh, horizon, all of those wind uh, turbines. It's, it's really um, a visual pollution is what it is. And again, it's not as reliable or abundant or efficient as or affordable as fossil fuels. And you always bring me back. You want to say, hey, we're not against this. But, we are not. But, but it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make economic sense right now. And that's what I'm so concerned about, Steve. Well, they have politicized it and pushed aside the mode of operation we've been in for well over a century. If, if we want renewables, and we do someday, but let the market bring it into place. Let our research and our, our you know, ingenuity bring it about. Because, again, as we know, as we learned in Texas, what, how many months ago, 16 months ago, 17 months ago, uh, the renewables just weren't uh, able to provide. Right. And uh, and people actually died. Yes. And all kinds of property damage with frozen pipes. And, uh, yes, and so we so, need to yeah, look at it realistically. Bring about the, the green energy when it's ready, when mm-hmm. it's mature. And again, let the market lead the way. But this government jamming it down your throats. And I was just thinking, the average Joe and Josephine, you and me, watching are some of our government officials. And I'm thinking of two of the bozos in the administration, this Jennifer Granholm, the Secretary of Energy, or Buttigieg, Mm -hmm. the uh, Secretary of Transportation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when people are out there complaining or concerned about the price of gasoline Mm -hmm. and the silly smirk that comes across their face and say, well, just buy electric. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Right. And then that will make your electric rates go up as well. Excel loves that. Mm-hmm. And so I will, I did, um, I, I would, I, I do endorse um, Representative Holthorff out there in his dr- district on the Eastern Plains who is running for uh, Colorado House. And the reason why is because of this uh, subsidized, energy, green energy out there. And um, his competitor is uh, a a relative of the Republican operative that has been pushing uh, working for these subsidized uh, renewable energy companies out there. And so that uh, just wanted to make that point. Okay, before we get to break, uh, let's see, Hooters Restaurants. I uh, wanted to just mention that they have been, they're great partners of both of the shows. And uh, they came to be business partners. It's a really, it's a story about freedom and capitalism and uh, free markets. And we've got that story on my website. But they have all kinds of specials. Keep in the line right now. And it's $11 for their uh, burgers. They have Mushroom Swiss Burger, Bacon Blue Burger, Southwest Burger, Western Burger, Mac and Cheese Burger, or Cali Burger. They also have a, have a Lunch Punch program. 
And uh, with that, you get a lunch punch every day you're there, 11 to 2, but double punches on Tuesdays. So be sure and check out my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And we will be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Eric Odlin. He is running for uh, CD7, Congressional District 7. And uh, we're coming in on the uh, the primary. Uh, ballots will be due soon. Uh, so, Eric Odlin, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Always good to be with you. Great to have you as well. And, Eric, uh, you and I met, well, quite some time ago, and we were, in a way, in a different world. And that was that uh, energy, our gas was affordable. We weren't in a recession. We didn't have uh, out-of-control inflation. Uh, it's rather remarkable uh, what has happened since you and I first met. Well, it sure is, Kim. Everything's going wrong, and it's and, and now it's clear that everything's a direct result of uh, radical progressive policies, this failed Biden administration, and we've got to rectify that by taking back the House and the Senate in the midterms and then uh, getting this country in going in the right direction based on principles and uh, what we know serves the constituents and the American people. Well, and uh, so you are running for Congressional District 7. What are the top, I guess the first thing is, is, is why did you decide to run for office? Well, I noticed the peril our country's in and that we're at a crossroads and this progressive road, it leads to ruin. It, it takes us away from our founding principles, which created this great country. And I, I see as a father, uh, my children's future in peril. So even though I never designed my life to do this, Kim, I wasn't envisioning running for office at any point. Uh, this I had to make a stand, and this is a call of duty. This is an act of service. Well, and you are a veteran, correct? I am. I'm a West Point graduate. As an Army officer, I did two tours in combat, Iraq and Afghanistan. Do you... Do... <laughs> Uh, do you think that um, being in combat actually um, prepared you for politics? Politics is a, a, another kind of a contact sport, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> well, I think it toughened me. I mean, as a young man, I, I saw war first firsthand. I was a senior at West Point when 9-11 happened and then deployed 
uh, not long after that to Iraq. And so I think it builds character. It definitely made me grow up very quickly. And this is a different kind of, of combat. You know, there's uh, it's a war of words, it's a war of ideologies, but in many ways it, it can be uh, just as uncomfortable as real combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think the, are the top three issues that are facing America right now? Well, clearly the economy. Inflation is making it tougher for everybody to survive, especially working-class families. So it, you combine inflation with the price of, uh, of, of energy and petroleum products, you've got a recipe for economic disaster. And I, I think that is touching everybody. Everybody's feeling it. But across District 7, uh, there are other concerns. Crime is out of control along the front range. We've talked about how Denver's number one in auto theft, uh, how it's now number one in bank robberies. There is, there is a general sense of insecurity everywhere I go. People are concerned about the future of this country. And they, they, they don't necessarily understand all the dynamics or complexities, but they're starting to say something's wrong and it's got to change. Well, and I've, I've been thinking a lot about this because I've been talking with people, and uh, there are a number of people that understand what's going on, but then there are those that I think are listening to some of the sound bites out there, and they don't quite understand how we've gotten to this point. And I think that it takes some real leadership in the narrative uh, and uh, to and, and in order to do that, you have to understand what the issues are. So does that, that does that make sense? So in politics, you know, what we're seeing is there's polling and fingers in the wind. You know, which, what am I going to say? We see politicians say that. And I actually think that we now need instead of politicians trying to tell people what they want to hear to be able to explain to them and take some leadership in that narrative. Does that make sense, Eric? That makes sense, Kim. I mean, everything the, I mean, it's not just the left. Politicians in general deflect, deflect, deflect. They don't take responsibility for what's going on. They try to, uh, in, in the Biden administration's case, they blame inflation and high gas prices on the Ukrainian-Russian situation, which is not true. It's, you know, the, the destruction of our energy policy the reckless and abusive spending in Congress or what's driven inflation and high prices at the pump and second and third order effects. But it's become increasingly difficult to discern. The, the mainstream media uh, it can't be trusted. Our government institutions have, have unprecedented levels of, of low confidence and trust. And so we've got to we've got to elect people who are doing this for the sincerest reasons of wanting to serve their constituents, but can also articulate the issues going on, and then then work to to bring people together to solve them. And uh, this this is the time to put good citizens who have uh, exemplary character and qualifications in office. Well, and I have to tell you, Eric, uh, the uh, qual- the quality of the grassroots candidates that are stepping forward is just been remarkable. I I'm very excited about that. So we've talked. Your number one issue is economy inflation and this is government induced inflation people need to understand that this is because of public policy uh, and I think it was Milton Friedman all you know said that as well so let's go to n- number two what's the second issue that um, you think is most important for the American people 
Well, I want to say number one for me is upholding the United States Constitution and protecting the rights of the individual, because that that has been under assault through the pandemic. It's it's growing uh, increasingly uh, that that the the federal government has become an end in itself. That our politicians have become self-serving and corrupt. And so, at the core of inflation or our national security issues or our energy policy, is this root of 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 career politicians who are not serving their constituents. There's extensive corruption. So that's my number one. I would say number two is then the the symptoms that we're experiencing, which is the economy, which is the disaster on the southern border, which is out of control crime, which is unprecedented global instability as a result of, of weakness in our administration, the failure in Afghanistan. I could go on and on, Kim, but if we don't address the the root of the problem, which is uh, career politicians, corrupt politicians, not doing the right thing. Uh, we're going to continue to experience these symptoms. Okay. You mentioned the southern, well, you mentioned the border. And, Eric, I am so concerned about this because 9-11, you said you were at West Point. It was just a handful of bad guys that killed a whole bunch of Americans and really wreaked havoc here in America. And uh, I was looking at some news articles the other day, and um, definitely there's terrorists that have been coming across the, the border. And so we have that happening. We've got the Democrats trying to disarm everyday hardworking Americans and their right to firearms to protect themselves. I'm very concerned about that, Eric. I'm extremely concerned about it, Kim. I the, the, the federal government, one of its primary charges is to secure this country, to protect Americans, and, and border security is fundamental to our national security. So what's going on on the southern border? We know the cartels are exploiting it. We know terrorist elements and bad actors are exploiting it. We know Chinese fentanyl, which is a leading cause of death in this country, is coming across the southern border. So it, it's a recipe for disaster, not to mention uh, we can have compassion for those who want to come to this country, but this does not have unlimited resources to support whoever wants to come here. We need to be putting American citizens first. So it's an economic factor as well. We must secure the southern border. Uh, most definitely. So, okay, so I think U.S. Constitution, I totally agree with you. We need to be electing not politicians but uh, Americans who care about this Constitution. And you're right, the, the economy, it, it is a symptom of what has happened. What about um, taxation? What's your thoughts on taxation? Well, I mean, I think that generally what we see with lower taxes is more more revenue into the Treasury. I mean, historically, it, uh the answer is not to raise taxes and put further strain on the working class, but to actually uh, give them more freedom and more opportunity by reducing taxes so that uh, they have more money in their pockets to spend. And so we need to be bringing industry back to this country. We need to be stimulating the economy, not not increasing dependency on the federal government and, and making it harder to survive by centralizing power and taking more money away from the people. So my answer is generally always lower taxes and less government, more private industry, more competition in the, in the workplace, 
And we need to be taking steps internationally, especially checking the rise of China and bringing American jobs back and restoring industry here in this country. Well, and one of the things, Eric, uh, that I think has happened is manufacturing has moved offshore because of public policy that has made labor so expensive. And so I, I totally agree. Lower taxes. And that's the thing about politicians. They think that the pie is static. And they think that if they increase taxes on that pie, that uh, the revenue is going to go up. But ultimately, what happens is they are reducing the um, private sector pie. And so tax revenues ultimately will go down. If you make the pie bigger and bigger and bigger, and that is by lower government and lower taxes, tax revenues actually go up. And uh, I, I say that because... I think that we need to take that narrative and we need need to explain that to people. It's just basic economics. Absolutely, Kim. I mean, we don't need a, uh, a complex solution to this. Basic fiscal conservative policies work. We just need elected officials of courage to actually enact them and, and stop, stop spending money. Uh, we are one of the most tightly regulated uh, commercial sectors in the world we we have we have got moved far away from from outright capitalism to a very tightly controlled uh, industry in this country and so what we need is smart deregulation in order to enable opportunity for for commercial interests for small businesses for individuals and we're we keep going the opposite direction and it keeps killing jobs, killing opportunities, and making life more unaffordable, especially here in Colorado. Right. The cost of living has gone up significantly. Eric Odlin, we're out of time. What's your final thought, and how can people get more information about you? Get out and vote for me. I'm top line on the ballot. I won that through the assembly with 63% of the vote. Check out my website. It's odlinforcolorado.com. Tons of positions on there, Kim. People can really know where I stand. Okay, Eric Odlin, thank you so much, and good luck. Thank you so much, Kim. Have a wonderful day. Okay, thank you. And before we go to break, uh, sponsor of the show is Kirsch Insurance Group. They are specialists in the Medicare arena. Government's involved in Medicare, so that means it is complicated. It's so great to have somebody that's a professional on your side of the table. That would be Kirsch Insurance Group. So Danielle, Marlon, Naomi, the whole uh, team over there can certainly help you out. It doesn't cost you anything. So check out ikirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com. And uh, we'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. 
Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And this is our health and hydrocarbon show. And thank you to Laramie Energy and Karis Oil and Gas for their sponsorship of this show. And uh, Bob Boswell is on the line. He is the chairman and CEO of Laramie Energy. And uh, we realize that fossil fuels, oil and gas, affordable, efficient, abundant, and reliable energy really contributes to uh, human flourishing. And Rick Turnquist, in his, um, many of his essays, he talks about that uh, oil and gas, fossil fuels, is one of the bedrocks of American uh, exceptionalism of a, 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 and helping us live our modern American lives. And we're now realizing that very much. So, Bob Boswell, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. How are you this morning? I'm well, and uh, I am grateful for fossil fuels. And I think that people are starting to realize something that we've talked about for quite some time, and that is how fossil fuels contribute to human flourishing, not only here in America and our American way of life, but in third world countries. Uh, Fossil fuels can help people have clean water. It can uh, actually... Uh, give them uh, electricity that they can then, instead of having to go out and find their 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 energy, such as you know wood or dung or whatever, that they can do other things. So it's across the world that fossil fuels help people flourish, Bob. Well, that's exactly right, Kim. And if you look at uh, what's happening in the United States on the supply and demand side, um, anytime you regulate something more. Uh, you get less of it, and that's what we're seeing on the supply problem on the supply side. And that goes across the spectrum. I mean, we've been affected by the pandemic, uh, we've been affected by Ukraine, but we've also been affected by bad policies. And if you look at the current administration and the anti-politicians on on fossil fuels, they've done a lot to uh, cause this uh, significant increase in gasoline prices for the American public. They're now trying to combat it by uh, suppressing the demand side with higher interest rates, which that hurts the working person the absolute most. It slows the economy. It'll probably put us in a recession. Uh, and it's all <clears throat> a lot of this has been in the name of anti, you know, the, against the fossil fuels. When uh, Biden was campaigning, he said that uh, he would drive oil and gas out of the market by switching to solar, wind and other green energy. Well, the facts are that solar and wind are supplements. They're not replacements <clears throat> for fossil fuels, which are reliable and lower cost. They've been driving the cost up through regulations to try to make the, them more competitive with solar and wind. You look at the, on the internationally, um, uh, at China, for example. China, China supplies between 70 and 95 percent of the solar panels in the world. They uh, mine uh, rare earth minerals with forced labor. Uh, They are also the largest uh, uh, proponent of use of coal through uh, a number of coal plants that are underway. So they are 
even actually using the solar power they generate uh, for their own economy. It's more to sell it to export to the United States and other countries while they're developing coal for their own, which coal uh, is not as clean as oil and gas for energy. So we've got a kind of a mixed up topsy-turvy policy that's hurting this country and hurting uh, the average American. So there really has been this attack on fossil fuels. And and what you're mentioning, though, is the rules are for the American producer, but the rules are different for China and everybody else out there. And that doesn't seem fair to me, Bob. Well, I mean, look at what's happened in uh, in Europe. Um, A lot of the false narrative on climate change and the disaster predictions, 41 of which have been made since 1970, none of which have come true. Uh, have been uh, propaganda. A lot of the funding has come from Russia, some from China, actually going through some of the investment companies where they're they're virtue signaling they want to end climate change. They're putting ESG regulations on reporting that go beyond the norm. The fact is, in the United States, uh, we've reduced our emissions due to fossil fuels by 20% over the last 10 years. We're the only country to do that. You look at Europe further. They went uh, very strongly for renewables. Uh, They found that they're unreliable, they're more expensive, electricity prices are almost double that of the United States, and their backup's Russian gas. We've seen how reliable that is when you've got a a political opponent that is uh, trying to drive uh, world economics uh, through uh, checkmating Europe on natural gas. Well, so these... Okay, a couple of things. We can turn this around, but it seems like it's making it's becoming more and more difficult. I mean, what's the turnaround time? Because you can't just go out and drill a well, and there has to be capital that's um, committed to it, a variety of things. We can turn this around, but how long would it take, Bob, if we got the right people into office? Well, on the uh, supply side for oil and natural gas, that can be turned fairly quickly. But there's a false narrative being put out uh, by the government currently. They're saying there are 9,000 permits on federal lands. Well, the fact the government, uh, this current administration, the anti-politicians, killed the Keystone Pipeline, which would have brought a million barrels a day into the country from a friendly nation, Canada. Uh, They've also... (coughs) uh, did not hold lease sales for over a year and a half until the court said it was by law they needed to hold the lease off. They've done everything they could to try to uh, stop oil and gas development. We can turn it around uh, fairly quickly. It's 9,000 permits. Over 4,300 of them are being contested uh, by the EPA and and others. Uh, and then the uh, there's a new uh, lawsuit. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's from the uh, wild Earth Guardians and Biological Diversity uh, are attacking 3,500 drilling permits. So we don't have 9,000 permits. And even if we did, <clears throat> we would drill those up probably in about nine months, uh, just with the number of rigs we have running. So we can turn it around quick on the E&P side. Refining's a different story. There has not been a new refinery built in the United States in 20 years because of the excessive regulations. Again, you look at the supply side. You regulate and tax something that you get less of it, and that's exactly what's happened in the oil and gas industry and the refining industry. 
And what you mentioned was these lawsuits. Uh, I, I, so, and, and you mentioned the EPA. The EPA is funded by tax dollars, uh, and so they have unlimited funds for legal costs, whereas private enterprise doesn't. And so this is, I mean, this is this is frustrating, Bob. <laughs> I don't know what else to but say. It, you look across the board, uh, what's happened, and it's either incompetence or some grand plan that's just uh, looking for power. Uh, we're letting in over 2 million immigrants, illegal immigrants, at a time when they're trying to suppress uh, demand. What that means by raising interest rates, there's going to be less borrowing, there's going to be less job creation, and there's going to be more competition for those jobs, which will result in lower rates, wages just because there's so many people that have been allowed into this country illegally, they're going to be competing for those jobs. Um, you know, you look at Afghanistan, a total debacle. I, you know, I could go on and on, but it's uh, we need a change, and we need people that want to really uh, change the country, move it in a positive direction, work on the supply side, not the demand side. So a couple of things that the Biden administration has done. First of all, I think that they depleted our strategic oil reserves, which that seemed to me like that didn't make a lot of sense. And he said he was going to do that to try to uh, reduce energy prices. Did that, in fact, happen, Bob? Oh, I think it did to a small degree, Ken, uh, but not enough. I mean, you look at this country, the, uh, we consume, I think, probably something around 18,000, 18 million barrels a day. Uh, we produce about 11. Uh, at one point in time, we were almost uh, uh, energy independent. Uh, we were forecasted to get up to something like 15 million barrels a day. But when the Keystone Pipeline gets killed, when they put in these excessive regulations, both state and federal, uh, that dampens the, the supply side, and that's what's happened. Is Colorado is Colorado one of the high, um, high, most highly regulated states for oil and gas? Yes, and part of those regulations are positive. They helped uh, uh, us in terms of uh, having some definition. We like to call uh, Colorado natural gas the cleanest molecule. Some of them are excessive. This recent one with financial insurance is a belt and suspenders. It's putting more costs on the industry that are unnecessary, and that's going to slow development. And so that's why these elections are so important. We need to be electing um, people that have the best interests of Coloradans and the best interests of Americans um, you know, when they go go into office. And what I've seen interesting is uh, that Polis seems to be trying to move to the middle right now since we're getting closer and closer to election time. I And I'm not, I don't want to put you on the spot to have to comment on that, but that just seems to be an observation that uh, we're making over here, Bob. Well, I think uh, there is better working relationship with Colorado Oil and Gas Commission. Um, that's that's a positive. I think the reality of what's happening nationwide is <clears throat> it's showing itself. The truth in convertible. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, it's uh, those sorts of factors are coming into play, and I think as these leaders see that, uh, they are making adjustments in policy that are necessary to help Colorado and the nation improve. Unfortunately, in the federal level, that's not happening. You've got a president said he was going to kill oil and gas industry in this uh, in this uh, uh, country, and now he's going out begging us to produce more when he's put in regulations and constraints that 
uh, uh, don't allow that uh, at the speed it could be if they would lift uh, lift a lot of these regulations. Well, and uh, I've also seen a, a narrative out there that he's that they've been trying to make it look like that uh, prices have gone up because of greedy oil and gas companies. Uh, explain to people why prices have gone up again. It's not because of greedy oil companies. It's because of pu- uh, public policy, supply and demand, correct? Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, the, they, we didn't see them complain when we were having exorbital losses. Almost since 2008, the oil and gas industry, particularly the natural gas industry, which is our cleanest burning fuel, have <clears throat> has been uh, under low prices, low rates of return. In fact, in probably 20 and 21, I think the industry lost something like $480 billion. So now when prices turn around and they're making profits, they're building back uh, their uh, abilities, their balance sheets to uh, further develop uh, in this country. We're uh, being suppressed by regulations, uh, the lack of issue of permits, the slowness in issuing of permits, uh, the lack of leases becoming available, excessive regulations. So we're dampening the supply side, and the demand side is, uh, has been increasing uh, uh, as we've come out of the pandemic. Uh, so we've, we're failing on the supply side, now they're trying to dampen the demand, which is going to further hurt the working person. Right, right. You said that the that uh, um, the natural gas industry is building back. I was wondering, is it building back better? He doesn't seem like he wants to let that happen right now, Bob. <laughs> oh, Steve groaned on that one. So, Hey, Bob Boswell, uh, we're going to go to break. This is our health and hydrocarbon show, and we realize that affordable, reliable, abundant, and efficient energy Uh, We've taken it for granted, and we're not taking it for granted anymore. We're paying attention. It's uh, bad public policy uh, is increasing these prices. So we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, the nonprofit that I have uh, adopted is the USMCMemorialFoundation.org. They are uh, working to raise money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. It was dedicated in 1977, so it's time to do that. And you can buy a brick to honor uh, your loved one and their military service, or... uh, you can donate. Go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org for more information. And we'll be right back with Bob Boswell. Medical freedom and personal choice are both sacred to comprehensive patient-first health care. At Roos Medical, our providers honor those rights diligently in every appointment. Located in the Denver Tech Center, Roos Medical is a functional primary care clinic with specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Establishing care with us is a text message away at 303-569-6794. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roos Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. 
The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on-premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Uh, If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, I just wanted to make a note on these great essays that we are publishing. Uh, Zach, our marketing media guy, has come up with a service that we now have those on audio. And uh, so you can listen to them. And uh, so we're excited about that as well. Bob Boswell is on the line. This is our Health and Hydrocarbon Show. And thank you to Laramie Energy and Karis Oil & Gas for their sponsorship of this show. And we have taken for granted abundant, reliable, efficient, and affordable energy. And with these Biden policies that we have seen uh, closing down the or shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, I mean, that was basically day one. We're seeing the ramifications of it now when we go to the gas pump. And it hurts everyday people uh, as they're trying to live their lives and build their businesses. Uh, so, Bob Boswell, it's always a great conversation And I learn a lot from you. I want to talk about electric vehicles because the Biden administration, the narrative out there is to push people to electric vehicles. First of all, they're pretty expensive. And so typically they're a second car for most folks, not their first car, at least from what I can see, Bob. Well, that's right, Kim. And if you understand electrical vehicles, uh, they require about a thousand pounds of lithium for each vehicle. And to get a thousand pounds of lithium, you have to uh, mine over five hundred thousand pounds of earth. So, if you do any multiplication, if we even electrify the federal government uh, car uh, for a car, number of cars, they have six hundred eighty-four thousand cars. You'd have to use, you'd have to move uh, over a trillion tons or pounds of earth to get the, uh, enough lithium to do that. That mining takes up a lot of space. Uh, there needs to be reclamation on that. It's very expensive. I think uh, uh, most of the lithium comes from either South Africa, Africa, the continent of Africa, or China. So uh, it's not really a viable alternative in the long run until we get a battery technology uh, that doesn't require lithium and one that uh, uh, gives longer distances between uh, refueling. And then you have to understand where electricity comes from. And electricity uh, today. Uh, a lot of it is, most of it's supplied by fossil fuels. You can convert into solar and wind, which is less reliable. You're going to have a system uh, that's going to be more vulnerable to uh, uh, brownouts, blackouts, and things of that nature. So until we get a superior, uh, uh, a superior form of uh, the generation of electricity, um, we won't be able to have the reality of all electric vehicles. And even then, it's very doubtful when you look at the ecological effects of mining. 
uh, the rare earth minerals that go into this battery technology. Well, and I, I want to just talk a little bit more about this this mining. First of all, it is open pit mining, uh, open pit mining, which is the environmentalists just had a fit about open pit mining here in America, but over in China and uh, South Africa, it's open pit mining. And um, you know, where's the environmentalist on that? Is just my question. But the other thing you had mentioned. Also, it, many times it's forced labor. In fact, I had done some research on it, had looked at the pictures, and it's actually in South Africa. They have children uh, that um, are, is, are, is doing the mining. And so here in America, we have this whole narrative, that it's a whole other thing about racism and slavery and all that. And we don't have slavery here in America, but that forced labor, that that's slavery over in China and South Africa, we should be very concerned about that kind of labor as well. Your your thoughts on that, Bob? Well, I think the longer we continue to buy products where forced labor is used, the more sustainable it will be in those countries. And it's, it's negative to our, um, our view of, of individual rights uh, and freedom. So uh, we're not helping by buying those products with this forced laborers uh, being utilized. In fact, uh, yeah, it's it's enabling that. True that. Yeah. Okay. Ethical, Go ahead. It's very much an ethical issue, and that's something that we need to address. We seem to uh, look the other way, though, in, in our sets for uh, at least the liberal element of, of the Democratic Party uh, to carry, continue this climate change narrative uh, and to try to invoke policies that... Uh, uh, helps that actually support uh, uh, this uh, child uh, labor, forced labor, uh, and uh, is ecologically a disaster um, if people understood the consequences of the mining of these rare earth elements. As as we would shed light on that, I think most people would be aghast here in America. But uh, it's because of this environmental agenda. Uh, they're so focused on that that... that uh, that we're not really having an honest conversation about what really occurs in that production. So I want to talk about electric vehicles because um, you mentioned, first of all, a thousand pounds of lithium uh, is in those. So that's, um, it makes the electric vehicle, the battery in that is is much heavier. And so that puts more wear and tear on our roads. And I don't think people understand that. Well, no, I, I think electrical vehicles have a place, a part of it, but they, uh, again, are a supplement. They will not replace fossil fuel uh, vehicles, air transportation, other, or even, you know, buses, uh, frankly, uh, from a cost standpoint. Uh, I, and that's just uh, the reality of, of electrical vehicles. They have a place. They're expensive. The batteries wear out. It's very expensive to replace the batteries, you know, a few people can afford it, but not everyone. We need to think about our whole population. And we need to think about not only in the U.S., but worldwide uh, human flourishing. That should be our objective, uh, not some um, uh, climate change uh, target that may be not even be realistic. You know, one of the things Biden did when he first got in is rejoin the United Nations climate change uh, group. Uh, and that that has not even been ratified by Congress yet. He does that unilaterally. Uh, those are things where we're we're complying with it. We're actually beating the standards, while the other nations, such as China and other, have been given extended times 
and the policies and the things they're doing right now uh, don't drive them towards even reaching those levels that have been set by the climate change accord. Well, and the environmentalists seem to think that we cannot take care of the earth and humans can flourish at the same time. But we can. Humans can flourish and we can take care of the earth. And uh, and we we can coexist, if you will, with our earth, Bob. Um, but we can be good stewards. That, But that doesn't mean that... Um, well, I look at the forest, and I've mentioned this before. Bad forest management has created these fires, and the fires have been very bad for our air. And so we can actually um, coexist with our earth and be good stewards of that, Bob, and so have human flourishing and be stewards of the earth. Well, that's exactly right. Environmentalists are important. We have to look at ourselves. We have to examine what we're doing, and we have to have honest debates. The problem we have is we get these political movements, and a lot of these environmental groups, they make their living by putting out a false narrative. We need to get look at the truth and the facts and let that dictate our policies and decisions, not, not just some uh, ideologic uh, political uh, viewpoint. So a uh, uh, question, we've got just a, about a minute left. Are you um, optimistic looking into the future or what's your thoughts, Bob? Is there hope for all of us? Oh, yes. Optimistic. Uh, one of the <clears throat> good things about democracy is you, you can change uh, your leaders. You can change your elected representatives. You can get people in there uh, that understand the realities of, of the policies and the effect of the regulations they're putting uh, on the country, and we can change things. So I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, I'm optimistic as well. We're, we are Americans. Uh, I think that we are at a, a real crossroads in our country right now. I think people are waking up, and it's important that we have these honest conversations about these important issues. And so I'm very appreciative, Bob Boswell, first of all, for the conversations. Uh, and I hear from many listeners that they learn a lot when you're on the air, but also to Laramie Energy and Kerosene Oil and Gas for their sponsorship of the show because we're an independent voice and uh, we want to bring truth and clarity to these issues. So, Bob Boswell, uh, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate uh, all that you do. Great. Thank you, Kim. We appreciate what you do as well. Okay. And again, my friends, there is so much hope out there, but it means that we need to be paying attention to these elections. We need to be electing uh, representatives of us. And I'm changing the narrative. I'm not calling them elected officials calling them uh, elected representatives because that is what it's supposed to be like here in America. So our quote for the uh, end of the show is from Ayn Rand, and she said this. She said, we can evade reality, but we cannot evade the consequences of evading reality. And I think that that is very appropriate for what's going on uh, with the uh, bad policies that are coming out of uh, um, both um, here in Colorado and uh, um, bad Democrat policies, I'll just say it that way. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.
It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that, that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today's drive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And thank you to this team I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Jen, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. And uh, happy Tuesday to you, producer Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just got radically distracted there. Yes, it's Terrific Tuesday. And even with Karen here, it's Terrific Tuesday. Oh, it, it is terrific, isn't it? It is terrific. <laughs> it is. And uh, in studio is two of my valued sponsors. That is Karen Levine, Remax Realtor, uh, and Lauren Levy. Karen, it's great to have you here. It's good to be here. It is a bright and sunny day. It is. And Lauren Levy, it's always great to have you here, too. Thank you. Good to be here. I always learn a lot. And uh, Lauren is a specialist in the mortgage arena. He works with a lot of different lenders, uh, which is really great during this uh, crazy time. So we'll be uh, focusing on them in segments two and three. And then they're going to stay here for questions. Uh, We want to hear what's on your radar. And, and that will be the last segment, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. Check out our website. It's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And uh, sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests, our most recent essays, our new podcast. We haven't done one in a while because we've been working so hard on everything else. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. And um, Karen and Lauren, we are doing something new with these essays. Zach has found a service that actually will uh, turn them into audio. So people can now listen to those. And uh, it's a great thing, Karen. Well, it would be a great thing, especially for me, who's in the car a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... um, uh, I, I mean, it's automated. So there might be, he said, there might be a few little mistakes here or there, mm-hmm. but it's pretty cool. So, Lauren, I think, uh, I know you're a busy guy, and you're going to be driving a, a lot this next year, so you can listen to those if you no, want to. No, we're not well, driving yeah, anymore. It's too yes, expensive. Yeah, it's not <laughs> happening. So you'd be riding your bike? So. I don't know. If, has anyone tried to buy an airline ticket lately? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, it's and not much cheaper. Car rentals, those are lovely, yeah. too. Yeah, because you're going to be traveling, right? Yeah. So you have first-hand experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, you know, 100 and some a day for a car rental. and That's not including gas, is it? Of course not. And then, you know, you the, fill up the tank is another 80 bucks. So, and this yeah. is this is all government-induced, mm-hmm. which is what is so frustrating about that. To uh, uh, Lauren's point, yeah, go out and buy an airline ticket, but then show up at the airport to find <laughs> out that your flight is not operating. Because apparently there aren't any pilots. Well, they're 13,000 pilots short across the industry, but you're not supposed to know that. And they still want you to buy that ticket and take, you know, take your time to go to the airport, stand in line, and then find out that your flight is not operating. Well, and then I heard on some radio show that they were talking about it, that your flight could be canceled. So let's say that you had gotten a, a great airfare and your flight gets canceled then you may not you may have to come up with a bunch of bucks to buy a new ticket to get home i like it because it's a classic example of how you can go full circle 
Now go back over the last two years, all the airlines that were threatening their personnel, if they didn't get the jab to take a hike, and a lot of the pilots said, see ya. Uh-huh. Now, Buttigieg is, is threatening the airlines, uh-huh. just like Biden is threatening the oil companies. Hey, get your act together. Now, who caused, you know, what was the, the, cart, uh, the cart comes before the horse here or or what? I, I know it. I know. OK, well, let's get over here to our quote for today. And I didn't uh, I didn't give you a heads up on what this is. So okay. we'll get your comments on this. But this is by Ayn Rand. And she uh, was born Alice O'Connor. Although that's that that must be a married name because she's better known by her name on Rand. She was Russian born American writer. I don't think Alice O'Connor was a very Russian name. So I think there's another name out there. But she was an American writer and philosopher. She's known for her fiction and for developing a philosophical system that she named objectivism. She was born and educated in Russia. She moved to the United States in 1926, was born in 1905, died in 1982. And Karen, I'm going to go to you first. She said this, the smallest minority on earth is the individual. Those who deny individual rights cannot claim to be defenders of minorities. I thought that was pretty powerful. That's really powerful from the standpoint that we seem to be segmenting us into so many categories. And yet, ultimately, it's the individual. Mm -hmm. And as we have seen this progressive story unfold we find out that our rights just keep getting taken away right and they're trying to identify people with groups instead of individuals and that's classic marxism Uh, marxism um, put people into groups uh, with uh, economic classes and now what we see is trying to put people into groups with different races or sexual orientation whatever it is but okay one more time the smallest minority on earth is the individual those who deny individual rights cannot claim to be defenders of minorities Lauren, your thoughts? Um, I, I'm having uh, issues over here, but it's okay. I, okay. I always think that I like to hear this stuff because that's back to you know 1926 or whatever, which is crazy. It's like history repeating itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. It's like, wow, that's exactly what was going on back then. And you know, as we get older, you stop being like your kids, where you're like, you're so old. You know, and you realize those. That was a long time ago, but it still applies. You know, right? Every generation, all this stuff still applies. Mm-hmm. The classic. Uh, battle on this. Okay, Producer Steve, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, the smallest minority on earth is the individual. Those who deny individual rights cannot claim to be defenders of minorities. Uh, it's Tuesday. I don't have any thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to have a final thought. He will. Yeah. Everybody's going to have several final thoughts. Lauren in particular, for sure. <laughs> no, he's when he walked in the door, he said, I, I'm sorry, I have no final thoughts today. <laughs> <laughs> and the joke on that, for those of you, there was, I, I go to final thoughts, and, I, and clock management is kind of tricky. One, So one time, uh, Lauren was in, and I asked for a final thought, then another final thought. So the joke is, how many final thoughts do you have? So that's the inside joke on all of that. So let's go to break. Uh, when we come back, uh, there's a lot happening in the interest rate mortgage arena, as well as the real estate markets. And uh, we've seen now it's public policy that is causing all this. And uh, so I want to talk with Karen Levine, REMAX uh, Realtor, Lauren Levy, Polygon Financial Group, uh, mortgage lender or mortgage expert. And so we'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. 
Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Uh, Remember, my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, or opportunity. And that's what we're going to be talking about here today via force. And that's with a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum Davos Globalist Elites Agenda. In studio with me is Karen Levine and Lauren Levy, and they're both great sponsors of both the shows. Uh, And uh, Lauren, I want to go to you first. Uh, You're a specialist in the mortgage arena. You work with a lot of different lenders, which I think is super important during this time, because when people are looking for something, since you work with a, a wide array of lenders, there's some that may be on the forefront of new creative products. That's 100% right. There's Anytime there's a, a decrease in demand for any type of product, the people that sell that product have to get creative and try to find new things that they can bring to market. Um, you know, it's like autos. If we see gas prices spike too high, they, the makers stop building so many SUVs and go back to smaller cars. Gas prices come down, they start building SUVs again like mm-hmm. crazy. They shift. Because it's of supply the, and demand. Yeah, it's the same thing in mortgages. If, if, uh, if the rates are too high on a straight-up 30-year fix, they're going to find another way that they can offer different terms and, and try to make it more, more uh, attractive to folks. And so that's when you have adjustable rate loans and things like that, but not scary adjustable rates like in the subprime crisis of 07, 08, 09. Mm-hmm. Those things are gone. But you're just seeing more creativity of things they can do with second mortgages for people that want equity out instead of having to refinance their whole first over again at a right. higher rate. So there's just some interesting things going on. And you and I had a conversation about this. Um, uh, somebody reached out to me, and they had a great th- – they want to do some home improvements and all. They had a great uh, rate on their mortgage, their first mortgage. And they called a uh, somebody on one of the national mm-hmm. shows. And this person was kind of like, okay, we're going to go ahead and we'll just refinance the whole thing at this higher rate. And uh, she's like, wait a minute. And so people need to be cautious about that. That's right. There are people, like in any industry, there are people that will be more honest than others and people that just will try to close your business if you'll let them. And uh, if you have a first somewhere south of 3% right now and you're just looking for equity out, you're not going to get a, a new loan somewhere south of 3 today. 
you know, you're going to get five or six. Mm-hmm. And so there's ways to get equity out of your home without disturbing that first mortgage and still save you a ton of money and get you the money that you need to do what you need to do. Okay. And you can help people with all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Right? Okay. And also reverse mortgages. You can help people with that as mm-hmm. well. And in a high inflationary time, people that have done planning that are retired, this is a big surprise for them, isn't it? It is. But the one thing that they have going for them that they need to remember is home values are as high as they've ever been. And a reverse mortgage centers around the appraisal on the home. So your home that was worth 100000 less a year ago than it is today, there may be an opportunity to take advantage of that through a reverse or even refinancing the reverse you're in now okay. to try to take advantage of the higher values. So that's a... There are wins inside some of this stuff. Okay. And uh, people can reach you at 303-880-8881, correct? 881. So we're going to keep Karen over here for just a minute because I want to ask you, Lauren, about interest rates. The Fed uh, was uh, raised them 75 basis points last week. And boy, that that really scares everyday people. So talk about interest rates just a little bit. So even the way you just said it... it People hear the word interest rates rise, but the Fed does not control the mortgage market. They influence it. So when they raised interest rates, they went by 75 basis points, which was good. Most people had given up on 50, thinking it wasn't enough with what's going on. And you say it's good because why? Because the markets want to know what's going on in advance. They want to be calm. They don't like surprises. So people have talked about 50 basis points coming from the Fed, and there's a lot of chatter that that wasn't going to do anything. Why even do it? Some people wanted them to go 1% and just rip the Band-Aid off and try to move this thing because of inflation. Okay. Okay. So they settled on 75, which the market loved. So they, actually, the market went up that day. You would think the market would go down if the, the stock market went up. Yeah, the stock market mm-hmm. went up. The stock market liked what they did. It calmed the markets. Immediately when the Fed raises rates, your credit card bill goes up if you carry a balance. Those rates go up. And if you have a home equity line of credit, a revolving rate, that rate immediately goes up. Or at the end of the next month, whenever it, you know, whenever your rate recycles, those are short-term interest rates. The Fed does not move the 30-year fixed. The 10-year note is what is tied to the 30-year fixed. The 10-year U.S. Treasury, everyone can watch it on CNBC or Fox Business, whatever channel. Keep your eye on the 10-year note, and that actually pulled back and came down a little bit because again, it likes calmness in the stock market and the overall markets. So the Fed raised the rates, but mortgage rates ever so slightly pulled back. Came okay. down a bit from you know six and a quarter to six or something. So. I can't believe we're talking about that number because right. four or five months ago we were talking about two to three. Mm-hmm. Two well, three. and I have a chart right here. This goes back to uh, April, uh, January of 2022. The ten-year note was at about one three to one four. Now it's three thirty. Okay. And it was almost 350 the other day. Oh. So the 10-year note yield has doubled. Therefore, okay. mortgage rates have doubled. Um, so people can keep their eye on the 10-year treasury. It's a, it's, the reason they look at that as a, as a peg, it's called, is because most people that have a 30-year loan on their house don't stay in that loan for 30 years. They either move or refinance it, for some it, reason. Okay. So they figure 10 years is more about right on how long someone stays in a house, so they tie those two rates together. Okay. Okay, that's Lauren Levy, uh, 303-880-8881. Let's move over here to, to Karen Levine. Karen, what is this doing to uh, the housing market here in Colorado, uh, here in, in the Front Range? Well, it, it is affecting the housing market. Um, what was interesting that occurred last week is that the mortgage industry responded 
to the anticipation of the Fed moving the rate. And they responded on Monday, Tuesday. And I think Lauren would agree, rates went whack-o as far as they were above six and people were fearful. And then the Fed raised the rate on Wednesday and we saw the pullback because the uncertainty was relieved a little bit. Mm -hmm. But in all that gyration, sellers were concerned because they had priced their homes based on a strong market at lower rates. So the question was, how do we reduce our prices and can we reduce our prices to be attractive to a buyer who now is going to spend more per month on their payments because interest rates went up? So there was a period of time last week where as a buyer, if you were in the marketplace Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you had an opportunity to maybe negotiate stronger than you did the previous week. But then the weekend happened, the stock market improved, rates retracted a little from the six and a quarter, six and a half to about six, right, Lauren? Mm -hmm. Retracted a little, and I'm working with a lot of first-time home buyers right now, which are in that under five, under 550, under six. That market was crazy this weekend. Every property I showed had multiple offers, which I say crazy, competitive. It was complicated. It was complex. But it was the same as what we saw in February, March, and April. So we felt there might be some retraction. And I think there is in that upper price range. You have to be careful. And the comment or the conversation we had as a team was making sure we're consulting with sellers so they understand the appreciation on their home was seen. The majority of that has been seen over these last two to three years, primarily January to April. Mm -hmm. There was a significant um, appreciation seen. And at this point, it is critical that you price your home at that value or below to attract buyers to the market to your home because they are now spending three, four, five hundred dollars more per month. If they were in the market in January, that same house payment has now gone up five hundred dollars, four to five hundred, depending on the price range. But because rates have doubled, so I think the conclusion is it's super important that consumers, whether they're selling their home or they're looking to buy are looking for a professional that understands what's happening mm -hmm. in the marketplace and is there to advocate for them, to advise them, to educate them so they can make a good buying decision. So Lauren Levy, first of all, we talked ad nauseum about opportunity, don't procrastinate. Mm -hmm. And I know that you helped a lot of people uh, get into mortgages in the two to three range. They have got to love you. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I think I talk to people every day, even people I didn't help. You know, I talked to a guy this past weekend, and he has a home in Vail and a home somewhere in Denver. And, you know, we didn't have that relationship to have where I was helping him with business, and we didn't know each other. But he was like, thank God I refied both these properties at the rates that I did, mm -hmm. you know. It was a total opportunity. And mm -hmm. we kept saying it on the on this radio show, like, right. don't let opportunity pass, don't let opportunity pass. Don't let, and unfortunately, I'm sure there were some that let it pass. Right. Um, and hopefully it comes back around again, which maybe it will in a, in a period of time. This isn't the first time we've had spikes, and we've had them in the last 10, 12 years, and they've 
come back down. No one just, we just never know. Yeah, you just never know. There is always opportunity. I think yes. that's the thing. I, I can look at the headlines, you know, Biden's telegraphing that there's going to be brownouts. And we, of course, we know what inflation is and that there might be shortages. And it's like, wait a minute, we can solve these problems. But these problems have been created because of bad policy. And Karen, you and I have looked at, uh, I mean, we've, I think we're getting to a point where we're connecting the dots on home ownership. There's been an assault on home ownership for a long time. And I, I tell you, every time I see a new apartment building going up, and, that, and they're going to be looking at subsidizing rents on that. And again, it's public policy that's pricing people out of um, the rents, out of home ownership. And so we've got to change, you know, turn that around. Question. Somebody that, before interest rates um, have gone up so much and, and ju- the market has changed, people were offering, I, we were hearing, you know, 100000 that that gap. But has that disappeared now? And did, what about the people that paid that gap price? What's They're your thoughts fine. on that? They're fine. Okay. Because prices went up and, and they saw appreciation. Okay. Prices are not plummeting. Okay. They are not. And they're not going to. Because remember... We are 5 million units short in housing nationwide. Okay. So there's still a shortage of housing. The cost of housing has gone up first in appreciation over these months, over the, you know, these past several years, but significantly these last recent months. Prices have gone up, but interest rates truly were historically low. Historically low and and somewhat falsely low. Right. Because we held them, we government held them down because of COVID. They, okay. they didn't want to make adjustment. Well, then they started seeing inflation, so they started moving rates up. Okay. So the people that paid appraisal gaps are fine because those values are those values today. And, and, and they got in, they have their mortgage, and so they, they know where they're at. Right. Yeah. So they're fine. That That's not a problem. So prices aren't going to plummet. And as I said, the market is complex in this weekend. Of the homes that my clients were interested in writing on, one home, because the seller addressed what happened Monday to Wednesday, home was on the market for five eighty nine. There's a sold comparable in their neighborhood for five eighty nine. That house was worth five eighty nine. He needed it gone. He dropped his price to five nineteen. He also offered the buyer five thousand dollars to buy down the interest rate. So, Lorne, if you pay him, he will lower your interest rate. Well, not pay him, but pay his lender. And so they wanted that home gone this weekend. That home is under contract with the seller not paying $5,000 to buy down the rate. Okay. Somewhere around $575. So he basically got his price. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. so that's what we saw, is that there is still demand. And when there is more demand than there is supply, prices will stay stable or go up. Okay. The other thing, if we go into recession and people lose their jobs, Karen, that I'm concerned about that, then, then they can't make their mortgage pay- payments. Well, Do you think we'll get to that point? No. Okay. We're probably going to go into a recession. I think I we're mean, there. Kinda, I actually they're kind of indicating that we are. Yeah. Um, I would say in in Lauren's industry, we've already he's already seen it. We've seen it. There is some significant layoffs in the mortgage arena um, because many of those big national companies were doing refinances, 
and there aren't refinances out there to do because who's going to refinance their 3% mortgage to 6%? Right. They're not going to. So yes, there's going to be layoffs there, but you know what? We have a lot of, um, we're hiring signs uh, across our yeah. communities. So True. there are jobs there. True. Okay, great. Okay, we're going to go to break. In studio with me is Lauren Levy. He is an expert in um, mortgages, and he works with a lot of different lenders. Polygon Financial Group, that number is 303-880-8881. And Karen Levine, REMAX Realtor. We've known each other. We're not going to tell anybody how long. but A couple of years. A couple of years, for a long time. Both sponsors of uh, both of the shows. And her phone number is 303-877-7516, 303-877-7516. There is always opportunity out there, and uh, there's opportunities for home ownership that creates wealth. So we're going to go to break. We'll continue the conversation with Lauren and Karen. Last segment, they're going to be in studio. We want to hear from you, 303 303- I was going to give your phone number, <laughs> but it's 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. It should be able to cut the mustard with uh, in the battle of ideas. And uh, just want to mention the nonprofit that I have adopted. That is the USMCMemorialFoundation.org, USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And uh, they are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. And as we know, my friends, it is so important that we know our history, we teach our history to our kids, and and uh, that's uh, one of the things that they're going to be doing out there. So you can help them out by donating or buying a brick for one of their walkways and honoring uh, your loved one in their military service. The phone, excuse me, the um, website is usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. In studio with me is Lauren Levy. He is an expert in uh, the mortgage arena. And so right now, if you want to refinance or are looking for a property, uh, and need um, need help with that mortgage. There's a, there's new products out there, and Lauren works with many lenders on that. And uh, of course, if you want to do a a, um, a reverse mortgage, he can help you with that as well. So that phone number is 303-880-8881. Karen Levine, I, I want to go over to you. You said during the break that builders. This is a kind of a, a wonky time for builders. It is because builders change their. 
uh, marketing strategy change their business models over these last two, three, four years um, because they're trying to control costs. And with the supply chain, um, they didn't know how much lumber was going to be, how much sheetrock was going to be. And so back in the day when you bought a new home, you would um, go and visit the model home site or the uh, you know, the construction site and meet with um, your realtor would come with you. Myself would come mm-hmm. there with you to represent you, the buyer. And we talked to the on-site salesperson and you would start from what we refer to as a dirt start, which means you pick your lot, you pick your model based on, you know, where they were allowing which model. And then you would pick your interior finishes and you would come up with a price. So they have migrated over the last couple of years that they are building more on speculation, but they believe because demand is so high, that wasn't a problem. They built on speculation back in the early 2000s and really got stuck holding the bag Mm because they had a lot of inventory. So they're building on speculation, and when you go in and buy, they will tell you this is the model that's available, and it comes with all this stuff. Or you can buy this model and it comes with all this stuff. You can choose, but you don't get to choose what the stuff is. They already picked the stuff. So there are lots of buyers that are under contract on these homes that won't deliver for probably four to eight months, maybe a year. And now the price for that buyer has accelerated because of the change in the interest rate. And so builders are seeing a lot of cancellations on homes because now... The buyers are in a position they maybe can't afford those payments, and they're backing out. So there's going to be more inventory available. Um, I don't know that there'll be price adjustment, but you won't be in competition like you were. Well, and the builders, though, they still they have uh, inflation uh, on all of the mm-hmm. things that they're using to build that. So what's your thoughts about this, Lauren? I deal with it all the time. Um, I spent a good chunk of this weekend dealing with a couple of cases, exactly what Karen's talking about, because builders a lot of times have their own lenders and they utilize incentives to have buyers work with those lenders, which makes it difficult for someone like me. Um, a lot of times those are incentives are higher than what I would ever make on a loan, you know, so mm-hmm. I can't match those incentives. So I become more of a consultant on some of those deals. And um, these I got a couple of people that are worried, you know, because the builders are quoting them rates. So builders, lenders usually have higher rates anyhow. Um, I found, and so they're being quoted rates that are even higher than the market, but forced to stick with that lender. Um, and so they're trying to figure out what to do. You know, how do we navigate this? Because when we first talked to the builder's lender, our rate was, you know, three. And now the, the builder's lender is quoting six and a half. And, you know, our, our payment just went from 3000 to 3700 and now we can't afford it. And what do we do in that situation? So what do they do? exactly what Karen's saying. They either back out or try to find a way or in a couple cases that I'm talking to people, we'll let them, they'll close on the loan and immediately refinance it if the builder's lender's rates are higher to see if we can pull them back a little bit to make it more affordable. But there's not a lot of options because if they walk away, they've got a down payment with them, you know, earnest money or lot premium, you know, deposits, whatever they've put down that they could lose. But it's tough. Okay. Um, well, and we and Lauren can speak to this is that in the marketplace we've been working in, a typical free interest rate lock was thirty to forty-five days. The pricing in that in the mortgage arena, 
And all of a sudden, the consumer, the buyer, is saying, well, you need to lock my rate six months. Well, that's a big risk for the mm-hmm. mortgage company right. and the builder partnership, especially when they don't know where rates are going to be. Right. And so some builders have come out and are offering a six-month lock, um, which is great. Um, I have a buyer that's under contract. She was able to take advantage of that. Um, this builder and their mortgage company saw what was happening and tried to bring a product to the market. Um, I think the other thing, more, which Lauren touched on, is um, uh, adjustable rate mortgages, although seen in many cases in the past to not be a good option, those can be in a good option because there is like a 10-year. Well, we just talked about most people are in their home 7 to 10 years. Mm-hmm. So don't pay for a 30-year rate. Pay for a shorter term rate, you'll get a better rate. So there is creativity out there. What did you say? There's always opportunity. We are the American people. We we know how to look at a situation and, and solve the problems. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing in the realtor arena, the builder arena, and the mortgage. And I think we're going through a period of shock. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, this has happened really fast. So mm-hmm. people that I talk to when I quote them a rate, if they're going to look for a house, they're like, really? Like, that's where it is now. They still don't know. And they always heard back coming out of 2008 and nine that subprime arms killed the market. And so then I throw the word adjustable rate mortgage at them. And like, aren't those things terrible? Isn't that what caused mm-hmm. the last recession? Or like, no, those were the ones where your rate could jump, you know, 7% on you in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, and those don't exist anymore. They've been outlawed. And But people are still working on adjusting what, they're, what they've seen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, it's so inter- interesting that you would mention that. I remember I was at a meeting in Atlanta, and uh, and uh, it, I was on the, the train, I think it was, from the airport to the hotel. And there was someone on, uh, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a guy that was in the mortgage arena. And I realized that during that time, this was the heyday before, there was a, a mortgage broker almost on every corner because of what was going on then. And when, when that happens, you, you can look at it and say, there's probably going to be an adjustment in, in the market. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And Karen touched on the, the layoffs, and they're not, they start to spread like anything else. You know, it starts at some of these larger companies that you see on TV, like she said, you know, that really went after the refinance market hard. They just don't need so many loan officers, right, to mm-hmm. process the smaller amount of loans. But then the banks themselves don't need as many underwriters and internal processors to process the level of volume. Mm-hmm. So they start to have layoffs. Then title companies don't mm-hmm. need as many workers, so they lay off. Mm-hmm. There was always a shortage of appraisers, so that's probably just coming into balance in reality. This, and those guys are all self-employed anyhow, so there's not going to be much layoffs there. Mm-hmm. But... It is. It spreads across the market, you mm-hmm. know, and this happens a lot. This, it's not always a bad thing because it forces some people out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's that a readjustment in the labor market, which we started our conversation not on um, line mm-hmm. on the radio this morning with the shortage of pilots. Right. You know, we have a shortage of nurses. Um, those type of um, 
employment opportunities, career opportunities are out there. So there are other opportunities, and we are It's creative. just hard when you have people that are used to doing one yeah. thing, they have to go get trained. Right. Yes. Um, I can't just be like, oh, rates went up. I'm going to go be a pilot. Play. I'm going to go take Kim to, <laughs> I'm going to take Karen to Portland today. Uh, I hope it goes well. I, you know? <laughs> I was listening to a comedian the other night. I, sometimes you just have to laugh. And he said, uh, uh, he said, you know, your pilot comes on and says, we've reached cruising altitude at 35,000 feet. He said, I don't really care. I like it when they come on and say, we just cleared, you know, the trees here. <laughs> Glad to hear that. So that, that would be you, Lauren. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know what's going on up here, but it's all looking good. It's all looking good. <laughs> well, and you had made a comment with regards to, you know, the potential of people losing their jobs and losing their houses. I think what's super, super important for people to understand is that if they get in a position that they cannot make their mortgage payment, please pick up the phone and call me because their equity position is something that the people in the early 2000s did not have because we were loaning 100 to 110%. And the equity position of the American homeowner today is greater, bigger than it's ever been. And we don't want you to lose that investment dollar. And so there is a market for people who need housing. We know there's Mm -hmm. a housing shortage. And so please, please don't put yourself in a position that you find yourself in foreclosure because there is opportunity Mm -hmm. out there for you to at least capture those dollars. And something on top of that, she's dead right, but People are putting more money down now, so they have a lot more of their own money. In the, we call it a dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. Before we put zero down, like, ah, what am I going to lose? Mm-hmm. I didn't put anything down anyhow. I'll just walk away. Mm-hmm. You would think, you would like to think now that in a worst-case scenario, they're going to look at their mortgage payment, which is at 2-point-something percent, and be like, we can fight to make this payment. Mm-hmm. We'll get rid of everything else in our life if we have to. We'll take the bus mm-hmm. you know, and uh, get rid of cable. Whatever we got to do, we'll slim down to make this house payment to protect our investment. You would like to think that that's Mm -hmm. what would happen, even in a job loss, you know? Mm -hmm. We'll just get lean and mean and make this house payment. Mm -hmm. And get a job at... Wherever. Yeah, wherever. And do enough to protect your... Your your payment is low enough if you have a low rate that you should be able to fight and work and and Mm -hmm. make that payment and protect your house and not walk away from hundreds of thousands of dollars for no reason. Okay. Right, and you add into that, you asked about appraisal gaps. Those people who were paying... Fifty, a hundred thousand above the list price. That was their money. That mm-hmm. was their investment dollars. Well, they're going to protect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, with that, that's going to bring up one other thing, and that is taxation. As many of you know, that uh, I think that government is big enough. They've got plenty of money, and uh, any of these tax increases that they're uh, going to be talking about. I know that there might be one in our county regarding the school district. Uh, that though. Those things price people out of their homes, and so I, I want to make sure that we we um, we don't be raising taxes on these properties. And Karen, there's and Karen and Lauren, um, th- and this may be our conversation next month when you guys are in studio. We uh, have found out that there is an initiative out there in the. A petition gathering phase. I think it's 108. Patty will remind me on that. But if if you see something, there's two of them. One is for 
quote unquote, affordable housing. Mm-hmm. And the other is for education. If somebody asks you to sign this just to get it on the ballot, don't sign it. Because if we can keep it off the ballot, then we don't have that big fight for it. But it would be keeping our our Tabor refunds. And it would start off with without raising taxes. If you ever see that on a, a, a question on the ballot, vote no on that. But what my understanding is, and I've got to read this, is it would be keeping our, our Tabor tax refunds for, and as um, Natalie Minden says, I'll use the word once, Mark and Black Forest, I'm only using this once for affordable housing. The real word is subsidized housing. And uh, and uh, it would say that we that each community that took these grants then from this money would have to increase their affordable housing, subsidized housing stock, 3% each year. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. Well, and it takes away from middle American affordability. Right. So we'll be talking about that. Okay. We're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, final thought, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my final thought is the same as it was when we talked, like, you know, on the phone uh, when I do my call-ins, but sometimes, but always ask for help. Like Karen's saying, like, if you get in a position, just, if you don't feel well, you go to the doctor. If you have... You know, tooth hurt, you call the dentist. Like, if you're worried about your home or you're worried about your situation or you you know that you have a ton of equity in your home, you've heard that you have a ton of equity and you'd like to get yourself some help to do something, even if you're not in a bad position, but you want to, you know, build a new deck or whatever, call someone that knows what they're doing that you can trust that will put you in the right position for you, not just for their bottom mm-hmm, line. Right. And uh, or else you're just, you know, swinging in the breeze. So don't let that happen. And Lauren, you helped so many people when the rates were low. So many of my friends, you helped them. Um, and so definitely, I, I trust you. So 303-880-8881. That's Lauren Levy, 303-880-8881. I know that I see that telephone lines are, are lighting up here. Karen Levine, your final thought. Um, I would just come along what, with what Lauren said, which is Lauren and I choose to be on the radio and to support the Kim Munson Show because we want to help people with their housing and mortgage needs and that we're available to answer those questions so that they can make educated decisions and know what their options are and what their opportunities are. Absolutely. And Karen Levine, that number is 303-877-7516. 303-877-7516. We're going to go to break. Uh, first, Stephanie in Denver and then Mark in Black Forest. We'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Medical freedom, patient choice, and informed consent are all staples of comprehensive health care. You'll find exactly that at Roots Medical, located in the Denver Tech Center, offering specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Functional, comprehensive, primary health care. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. 
For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on-premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. And a couple of people who support us, they are great partners of the show. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group, 303-880-8881 is in studio. And Karen Levine, uh, Remax Realtor, uh, 303-877-7516. Stephanie in Denver, what's on your radar? Well, Kim, I'll try and do the Reader's Digest version here. <laughs> in 1978, I bought a house in the Highlands, 1927 brick bungalow, $42,000. And I bought it from some people that had other rental property and stuff. So we made, I decided I wanted this house that they had. I, for, I was so naive. For 10 years, I assumed their mortgage, a whole $42,000 mortgage. For 10 years, I paid 10% interest before I thought, I could have just paid for the dang place outright and yeah. saved all that. And then to add to this story, I had an el- I'm elderly now, but at that time, my elderly neighbor said, after the war, meaning World War II, we wanted to buy your house, but it was $3,000. And ours was only 1800 and they had a lovely little 1940 brick ranch with a two-car garage. So, and Stephanie, you and I, we've talked about this story before, but then you sold that house for how much? I sold it for 330 and I've heard that recently it sold for 750 Oh, yes, because I did say, I'm sorry, I forgot that I'd called in about it, because my boss said, no, keep it. Keep it as a rental. And I said, no. And he, and as I said, I should have listened to my boss. <laughs> yes. And to that point, home ownership is such a great way to create uh, wealth. And so thank you so much, Stephanie, for sharing that story. I greatly appreciate it. I apologize. It. I'd forgotten that I'd called in about it before. <laughs> not to worry. But I think it's, a, it's important. And not everybody hears every show. Mm-hmm. So it's important to understand that, Karen. It is a great way to uh, create wealth to create wealth and I think what was interesting she said she assumed a mortgage and we're probably going to see that coming back from the standpoint you can't go in and assume a mortgage without qualifying because of the new guidelines which are good that protect people but these 3% interest rates are going to look pretty attractive Um, when somebody goes to sell a buyer could assume that mortgage Okay, but they have to qualify I hadn't thought about that Opportunities. So what would happen with that then, Lauren? 
you know, that is, I understand what Karen's saying completely. At this moment, only VA loans have assumability in their notes, though. And so that's where I could foresee a problem is the original mortgage that was signed by that current homeowner at 2.875%. Uh-huh. The note itself may not have an assumability feature built into okay. it because it's kind of been something that's gone away. Mm-hmm. And so then I don't know that the lender's just going to add it so that they can. Right, because they it's would a like contract. To, it's contractual right, yeah. law, you okay. know, so I don't think they can just go in and add it. Okay. So that would be the, okay. the thing that okay. would back me off of that. But Stay tuned on that. Yeah. We'll yeah. To, okay. Mark and Black Forest, what's on your radar? Hey, good morning. Um, regarding our, um, our effort to regain, regain control of the language. Yes. Um, and, to, uh, and the first up word is socialism. We need to make socialism uh, a scary word again. So um, Eric Odlin uh, used the word progressive. Um, right. He's a guest, so he's a guest. Who knows if he'll be on again. Um, and sorry, Karen, got to ding you for using the word progressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, and, then I have a, and then I have another... Um, Another phrase um, that I'm that I'm trying to um, train, uh, I suppose, train people to to avoid, and that's big government. Big government is not specific enough. I think we need to um, try to use the word limiting limited government instead of big government, because limited government implies um, limited roles of government. Okay. Uh, and we need to we need to pull back the role of government. Um, for example, you know, government has a role of um, controlling pollution. We're all kind of okay with that <clears throat> regulations related to pollution, but uh, they've they've gone beyond that now to energy. Right? We've discussed energy uh, efficiency being requirements and home building and stuff. So that's where they went. They went too far. They they assumed the role of. Uh, energy efficiency, which is uh, what the market should be deciding, not government. Good point, Mark and Black Forest. And to, uh, I don't think that I actually had explained the rules about um, the word progressive to Karen, so we'll have to give her a pass today on that. So okay. I need an update. Yeah. So, okay, I will give this to you because I had written out what it was. Hey, thanks so much, Mark and Black Forest. And this is what he said. He said, uh, I put this on the outline, he said, Hi, Kim, great show today, as always. But you used the word progressive twice early in the show. According to the show rule, you must substitute the word communist in place of progressive. (laughs) Therefore, you have to put two sodas in the kitty there at the studio. Also, your guests get only one warning before they, too, have to contribute to the kitty. So note the words socialist or collectivist can be substituted for the word progressive or liberal. The words progressive or liberal are now banned, and it sounds like big government we need to, to ban that one as well we need to be put able to, that on the list and we'll put that on the list as so well do i just need to have a stash of soda in my car that i bring <laughs> up the stairs up next month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the old game bob remember that yeah. uh, uh, bob newhart show i appre- i totally appreciate where mark's coming from uh, most definitely, because the battle of the narrative is really where we're at on mm-hmm. all of this. And I no longer, uh, I'll challenge uh, everyone on this, no longer call people elected officials. Now, there's we call them politicians, bureaucrats, mm-hmm. and interested parties, but they never were elected officials. They're elected representatives, and we need to continue to remind them on that. So in this battle of the narrative, elected representatives, I no longer refer to this Democrat party as Democratic 
There's nothing democratic about them. Uh, this is no longer the, the Democrat Party of JFK. He actually thought government should be limited and that taxes should go down. So there's nothing uh, nothing uh, um, democratic about that. So the battle of the narrative, Democrat, I'm, I'm not sure that I can say communist. I mean, the policies are communist, but I probably use socialist or collectivist. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, Karen Levine, it's always great to have you in studio. It's always a delight. And the time flies by. I certainly hope the listeners found some value in what Lauren and I were able to share today. I tell you, I learned so much when you guys are in studio. And Lauren, it's always great to have you here as well. Well, thank you. I always get good feedback, so it's really nice when that happens. Mm -hmm. And my friends, there is always opportunity. And it does seem like everyday Americans are under attack. And and in a way, we are from all of these policies. But we are Americans, and we will step forward. That's why we do this show, is to help you get your brain around these issues. So the end of the show quote is from Ayn Rand. She said, we can evade reality, but we cannot evade the consequences of evading reality. (laughs) And that's where we are right now, my friends. So today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. 